the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is in our midst. Have you noticed, I certainly have, that we have come to a point, not so suddenly, but gradually, but nevertheless, we see it, I certainly see it, in so much more around us in our society, how despite how advanced we are or think we are in any sense, whether it be technologically, whether it be in our society, in our communities, in our presence in this world, where we are physically, where we are with all sorts of educational and other opportunities that are offered to us, there appears to be, and I believe this to be true, fewer and fewer people who are happy, who have happiness with all these freedoms and all these opportunities to be ourselves. We are free to be whoever we want. We are free to change whatever we want, even if it's our own person, our own personhood, our own being even. Change abounds. This should bring happiness, shouldn't it? This should bring joy. That's what we're told anyway. And yet, it seems that we are in a time and a society where there's greater division, greater strife, greater discord, greater depression, greater mental health issues we hear, conflicts around the world, conflicts in our country, conflicts in our society. How can this be? We should be happier, shouldn't we? We should be more joyous because we are so advanced, because we have all the freedoms that we say we need we want, we should have, we deserve, and yet we are not. It's not unlike the gospel today where we hear what may be something that makes no sense to us because we don't see this around us, These, just like these two individuals who are crazed out of their mind, and the gospel says, they were so fierce that no one would pass that way. Two demoniacs, two men who were demon-possessed. Well, that doesn't make sense to us because we don't see that. We don't experience that. And yet, it very much applies to what I'm speaking about. These two demoniacs 
coming out of the tombs, they were in a place where no one would go except to bury someone, the place of the dead, the, the, the cemetery, where we go to bury someone or we go to visit one of our loved ones. But it's just not a place where we go to on a daily basis. It's not a place where we go to because we're seeking some kind of happiness in our life or some kind of joy in our life or some kind of expression where we are experiencing or seeking freedom. It's a place we go for a purpose, but it's not a place that we go to for those things that we are seeking in life, for purpose in life. And yet they were there. They were isolated. And I want to make that my first point because we are in a time where we should be and as Christians, we are called to be in a state of or a presence of joy in our life. Our lives should be filled with joy. And not just joy, but abundantly filled with joy. Why is it not so for some of us? And it sometimes, at, 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 oftentimes it could be all of us do not feel that way. Father Josiah Trenum, some of you have heard of him, speaks about this quite a bit. And I want to share some of his words because he really hit the essence of this and it connected to me when I was thinking about this gospel. He says, godly life is joyful. Secular life is sorrowful. And he goes on and speaks about how for decades there has been a not just covert effort to remove God from society. Not just remove in terms of uh, the Ten Commandments, for instance, that are taken down from public places and, and prayer in schools, but even the mention of God even who God is. We can make up our own version of who God is. We may disagree. We may not want to believe. That's one thing. But that's not enough. We will change God. We will make other gods. We will have other idols, if you will. That's what these demoniacs did. They were worshiping other gods other idols. He goes on and he says, the normal state of internal affairs for Christians is expressed by St. Peter. Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. This is what we as Christians are called to do, to be like, to seek, to focus on, to devote our lives to, as St. Peter says. So why is there so much joylessness, it seems and appears, in our society? 
Father Josiah says it, and it's not just because of the last three or four years with COVID, but it even goes much further back and beyond that, and it's being isolated. And we can even be in a group of people and yet still be isolated. But certainly we all know what's happened the last three or four years, being isolated. And I dare say any one of us would say it has been good for us to be away from other people and other humans. Our family, certainly, but just other human contact, being isolated. These demons, these demoniacs rather, were isolated. They were in a place where there was no one there to even see themselves as a reflection of. Joy is an attribute of Almighty God, he says. He is joy and the joy of his people. Psalm 43 says, Oh, send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to thy holy hill and to thy tabernacle. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. God is joy. In the presence of God is a joyful experience, is a joyful life. To draw near to God is to draw near to joy. Again, Psalm 16, Thou shalt show me the path of life. In thy presence is the fullness of joy. At thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. In thy presence is the fullness of joy. Why is there no joy in this world, even though we have all these freedoms and we have all these rights to change and to be who we are? Well, the psalmist tells us thousands of years ago, David knew that, all of the saints knew that, especially those who lived in real isolation, who were not able to worship freely, not able to worship their God freely and out in the open. And it was not being in the presence of God. Not being in the presence of God. The absence of God, he says, is what elicits within us the greatest grief. And listen to this. Joy is not the absence of sorrows. Joy is not the absence of sorrows. It is the presence of God in all these things. It is our impression that we are alone in the midst of our pains, in the midst of our sorrows, in the midst of our struggles. And that is the source of our greatest sorrow. When God is there, all of our difficulties are infused with a mysterious joy. When he is not, even our greatest earthly happiness is unsatisfying. These things need not be for us. And yet, even as we struggle living in this life, we have the answer. We may not be able to impact what happens out there, but we can impact what happens here and here within us. Seek God. Devote your life to prayer and fasting, confession, 
unction, the sacraments, all these things we hear about time and time again, and yet do we really experience them? Do we really understand them and participate in them? The presence of God is joy. Joy is not the absence of sorrow. It's the presence of God. Because sorrows will come. But when we experience them and we do not have God, then this is what leads us to this isolation, to this depression, to this despondency, to all these things that we see around us. Saint Seraphim of Saraf, among all the saints, was one who lived this life. Of all the saints of God who carried unabounded joy and passed it to all who gathered around them, Saint Seraphim was exceptional, Father Josiah goes on to say. He would greet visitors by saying, my joy, you are my joy. He would not say Christ is risen just those 40 days after Pascha. He would greet people with Christ is risen at all times and in any place. His entire life, as we know, those of us who have heard about St. Seraphim, Seraphim of Saraf was to acquire the Holy Spirit in his life. There's a conversation he had with one of his spiritual children, and he said the following, when the Spirit of God descends on a man and envelops him in the fullness of his presence, the soul overflows with unspeakable joy. For the Holy Spirit fills everything he touches with joy. This is that joy of which the Lord speaks in his gospel that we read about in John 16 when he says, A woman, when she is in travail, has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she is delivered of the child, she remembers no more the anguish for joy that a person, that a human, is born into the world. In the world you will be sorrowful, but when I see you again, your heart will rejoice and your joy no one will take from you. If the first fruits of future joy have already, been, have already filled your soul with such sweetness, he says, with such happiness, what shall we say of the joy in the kingdom of heaven, which awaits all those who weep here on earth? Then this is transitory and partial joy, which we now feel. This transitory and partial joy, which we now feel, will be revealed in all its fullness, overwhelming our being with ineffable delights, which no one will be able to take from us. Our Lord began his ministry with these words, his first words, repent, repent. St. John the Baptist preached of repentance. Our Lord, throughout his years on this earth, with those who would hear, he spoke about repentance. The last words of his to his apostles prior to his ascension were that of repentance and remission of sins should be preached 
in his name to all nations, he spoke to his disciples, then apostles as he sent them forth. There is no joy without repentance. And there is no true repentance that is not followed by and infused with great joy. Father Josiah says, this divine union of repentance and joy is no more clearly set forth than in the psalm of repentance of David, Psalm 50. One that was offered after his own fall of adultery and murder. The repentance modeled in Psalm 50 is the balm of healing and restoration of joy for consciences and broken hearts to this very day. Have mercy on me, O God. Blot out my transgressions. I have done evil in thy sight. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which you have broken may rejoice. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. All of us, at one time or the other, may feel like these two demoniacs. I know that may seem foreign to us, but we may feel that way. Isolated, filled with the demons of despair and depression and despondency and anger and bitterness and fear and anxiety. All these things that fill us and separate us and confuse us and blur our vision of God in our life. All of us at one time or the other will feel this. But to return to joy, to move away from these, we must seek the presence of God in our life. Just as Jesus, his just very presence there drove these demons out. They recognized him as the one who would overcome their power over these two men. It is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and it's us seeking him every day, every minute, every second in our prayer, in our walk, in our journey that drives these out and brings joy an abounding joy, a life filled with joy and mercy and grace in our life. The Greek word for joy is chara. The Greek word for grace is charis. There's a connection. It is the grace of God that we seek that brings us this joy. And it's this joy in our life that leads us to the grace of God. So let us keep these things in our minds and in our hearts as we continue on in our journey. And let us not worry about what goes on out there in the world. It's easy, especially when we hear and see so much every day about how terrible things are out there, to fall into that controlling us and keeping us from joy in our life.
Seek God. Seek his presence. Live in joy. And show the world, show the world around us how we as Christians, as followers of Christ, are to be, are called to be, so that the world may come to the light. Do not go to the darkness. Bring them to the light. Amen.